Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Marketing Matters podcast from BSA Marketing. This is actually my third attempt today because I'm obviously out of practice because it's the first one in a new year, but I just don't seem to be able to get it right. So hopefully third time's a charm. I'm sat here at Glossop Gasworks as usual with my fellow podcaster, David Wright. So hi, David. Hi there. Is that it? That's what I'm going to get out of you this morning, this afternoon? Yeah, for, for now, for now. <laughs> Fair enough. And we're sat at the end of a... Uh, what has been a relatively dry day for in Glossop. Uh, we seem to have had an awful lot of rain recently. I even uh, saw the sun today. Well, there you go. Maybe that's a, hopefully that's a sign of things to come. But anyway, today we're going to talk about AI and AI, particularly in the context of content writing. And this basically comes out of at the beginning of, oh, no, sorry, the end of last year, an organization called OpenAI launched a new uh, chatbot or a, a new development of their chatbot, which is called ChatGPT, which allegedly could write really good natural or generate really good natural content. And obviously the internet went wild about this. So we thought it would be, uh, would be worth at least having a look at and talking about in, in this podcast. So David, what's your view on the, uh, the role of AI in, in content generation? I think like, well, I will uh, focus specifically on marketing. Like so many things in marketing, people are looking for a quick and easy fix. There's a big, for a long time, there's been a big thing about marketing automation and sort of fit and forget. You can just set it up, switch it on, and it will do your marketing for you. And I think that has always been incorrect. It's just not true. You cannot automate yourself out of marketing. The, you know, marketing can do there's a lot of stuff that can be automated, but the fundamentals of producing interesting messages and relevant messages and the, having effective communication and building relationships and engagement with people, you cannot do pure historically, should I say, you've, you've not been able to do with the automation. No. And I think what people are talking about now with this new advent of, of AI is can you? And I think yeah. it, it comes back to two things. One is the, the classic Turing test of if you're talking to a computer, can you tell you're talking to a computer or is it so clever at talking to you, you think you're talking to a real person? Yeah. And perhaps more the experience that, that most of us will have had at some point is talking to a chatbot on, yeah. on, on a website where... I don't know about you, but my experience is that they're really not very good. You very quickly can realise they haven't got a clue what they're talking about yeah. and their, their capabilities to actually tell you what you want to know is really quite limited. Yeah. And I think where this chat GPT is coming from, the, this new tool that's, uh, that's been launched, is that it is supposed to be a significant step forward in, I think, not so much having a dialogue. No, I think that's as, the key. Is it's not about having a dialogue. It, or the way I've seen the use of it is it's about writing content. So, and so it's, you ask well, it a you, question, it gives you a verbose answer. You, you answer yeah, you ask a question and it gives you an answer that, that sounds like something you might have written. And I think, to be fair, with several provisos, it's really very good. It is really very good. And actually, I mean... What we've done as part of sort of a company, this podcast, I actually thought up three very random questions that I could ask it. And I've actually uh, put those into ChatGPT and there's a blog post accompanying this podcast where you can actually see what it generated. And the three random questions I asked it were, were to try and give it some bread was, 
I haven't written them on here. That wasn't very clever, was it? Right, well, the three, if I can remember rightly, it was, uh, what is the role of video in content marketing? Then randomly, just especially for, for Richard, I asked it, the because uh, Richard often uh, listens to this podcast, uh, what are You know we... who you are, Richard. Yeah. <laughs> He'll know from the question I've asked it. Give me five good reasons, to, or give me some good reasons to visit Southern Africa. And the third one was, again, just to demonstrate the breadth of the sort of things we talk about, why is it important to maintain your mechanical seals? So I asked those three questions and actually it generated some content. Actually, on the Africa one, I had to shut it up because it was very verbose. So I had to restrict it to 250 words on that. But yeah, if you go and look at our, our blog, you'll see the, the response, the sort of the output that it generated. And as you say, it's actually pretty good. And I'd be interested to know anyone who's got any interest in any of those subjects, what you think of it. But as you say, yeah, I think it's pretty good. Yeah, I think, but and I think it, it's interesting the points that you pick there because I think obviously that the basis of what it's doing is it's just scouring text-based content on the internet and learning from it. Yeah. So as a result, the more specific, the more technical your query, then the less able it's going to be. If you're asking it a fairly general question. I, when I say specific technical, I, th- I think the example I was I was thinking was if you I mean it, it may be obvious, but if you wanted it to write a, a case study about something you've done, it's not going to yeah. be able to do that because it doesn't have the core facts. Well, that are actually, relevant. apparently it will, but it will base that case study. I mean, it'd be an interesting, thing, but it will base that case study on completely man, random and made up facts and people and whatever. It's very good at just generating information to write its stuff. Yeah. So it's one of the things that is very. It's not so okay. good at it's and, and writing that, accurate content. And that's perhaps an interesting point because I think that where we're at I think anybody who thought that they could as I said at the the top just completely hand over their content writing to a chatbot is mistaken but anybody who is is involved in writing content knows how hard it can be if you have some content to write and you just presented there with a blank piece of paper or a blank screen and you need to do something and and i've always said and and uh, i will always advise people that the way to do it is just do a brain dump get something down that's that's vaguely related to the subject then worry about turning it into something that you can publish later and i think that potentially that this sort of technology could be really helpful in that that it gives you a framework and it maybe you've got to fill in the gaps and put some specifics where it's being very general but it avoids that having to be faced with the blank piece of paper and just come up with with content yeah and i think and particularly if you're asking for technical stuff and and fairly in-depth stuff you can do that and i i did an interesting exercise for um, as you may know we do we work with a client who's involved in products for people with swallowing difficulties quite a technical quite a very a very niche subject dysphagia is what it's called dysphagia exactly and I actually thought I'd give it a a, a try and and so I basically said I asked it the question write me an article about the use of thickened drinks for uh, managing dysphagia and it came back with yeah, it, it made some sense. But then I thought, well, hang on a minute. There's, there's some specific elements within this subject that I want it to include. Particularly, there's an organization called the IDDSI who have various mechanisms for assessing thickened drinks and the like. So I sort of said, okay, that's great. But can you include a reference to IDDSI and their, their testing methodologies? And it rewrote the article, including that. And then I sort of said, that's great. Now, can you can you include some 
some references. So it included the, the scientific references. And it made a couple of mistakes in terms of the methodology. And I was able to just feed back to it and say, well, this is wrong. Could you correct that? And that is wrong. Could you correct that? And it did. So I think it's one of these things. And after probably a sort of 10, 15 minute back and forth of me giving it, it writing stuff and me giving it feedback, I ended up with an article which I then passed on to our client and said, what do you think of this? Uh, not initially telling him it had been written by AI. And the, he came back saying, yeah, it's actually pretty good. It's okay. He, he would be happy to publish it. So I think that's the thing. As David said, it's not a question of you just type it a question and automatically it will write your stuff. But it is, re- it is a really, I think, a really useful tool to help you in the creative process. Uh, of and writing. I think I think that you, you hit the nail on the head there to coin the, to pick up the tool analogy. Yeah. Because it's, it is a tool. It's not an alternative. Yeah. And I think it's still certainly where things are at at the moment. It still requires knowledgeable input to come up with something that that actually fits the bill for for decent content. And I think the problem is that if you're you're writing it, if you're asking it to write something, and you're not quality checking it, then and you just publish it on spec, then I think the danger is you could end up with egg on your face well, because <laughs> it comes up with stuff that's rubbish. It's like I remember back in the day when people first was using electronic calculators I mean I'm showing my age a bit here but and people will just punch numbers in and and I guess it still happens now punch numbers in and have no recognition of whether the answer is right or not you you think you've punched in five plus seven and you get the answer of 138 and people will just say oh well it says 138 so that must be the answer without knowing well hang on I was adding up five plus seven that can't be 138 yeah and I and I think I mean one of the articles I read about it said that it was actually very good at writing bullshit. And I think it is true that if you give it a subject, it doesn't matter what subject you give it, it will, if you give it something that's clearly false, it will come back and say that doesn't sound right. But generally speaking, if you ask it to write something about which there are very few facts, it'll just make stuff up, you know, within the context. So you really do have to, and it will end up with something that sounds really convincing, but actually there's no basis in fact in it. And I think that's where... You have to be, as David said, you need to do a bit of quality checking on it, but also where it can be really dangerous because it is this tool which allows people to generate very easily very convincing content that doesn't necessarily bear any resemblance to reality. Yeah, and, and or it's just plain wrong, or I think. plain wrong, yeah. But I think I've, I've had a, a play with ChatGPT in a, in a slightly different way, which I have to say, really did make me smile. And that is, as you probably know, we do a lot of website development work. And and sometimes this involves writing, although a lot of it these days, you don't need to get involved in writing code, but sometimes you do. And within WordPress, which is, you know, our preferred platform, sometimes you have to write little functions, which are little snippets of code to do something particular. And one thing that actually ChatGPT is remarkably good at is writing properly formatted WordPress code. Yeah. And it's to watch it do it is really quite yeah. uh, quite no, clever. It's, it's... And and you can I think again the key there is you've got to know that you're asking it the right question and you and you've got to be quite creative in your the way you phrase what you're mm. trying to do to get and it will prob I'm not saying that it will produce a snippet of code you, you could necessarily just copy and paste but it gives you a starting point if you're maybe a bit new to writing code and but you like having a go and you want a framework to think oh well, that looks about right but I can see I need to change a b mm. and c mm. it's 
incredibly powerful to do that. Yeah. And and it's not just WordPress, it'll do pretty much any language you like. And that was the other interesting thing. I um, I think it was my dysphagia article. At the end of it, I thought, oh, what about foreign languages? So I just finished at the end of the language. I said, oh, please translate this into Italian because I happen to be trying to learn Italian at the moment. And it did. It just gave me, and again, I have, my Italian is not good enough to be able to tell me whether it's how good the Italian was, but it did it. And, you know, but and then I think, we, you know, I guess, you know, that, we all know Google Translate, yeah. which functionally, if you get a piece of foreign language yeah. that you haven't, you don't, haven't got a clue what it, it means, you take a picture of it and Google Translate will translate yeah. it for you. And it won't be perfect, but yeah. it will give you enough information to understand what it's saying. So, we, I mean, hopefully you've got the idea that we think potentially from a, a marketing point of view and writing content, it is going to be a fantastic tool. But actually a lot of the press about it has been how dangerous this thing is and how, how it can be misused. It is one of those tools that, like anything, it's not the technology that, that's, that's good or bad, it's the way it's used. And you can almost be certain that there will be people who abuse this technology because... It makes it SEO and search engines. They love original, unique content, well-written content. And for people who are just looking to generate stuff that will keep search engines interested and make them think that they're putting lots of original content onto their website, it will be dead easy for them now just to ask it this, generate a piece of content, stick it out on the internet, and search engines will find it. And you can ask it to optimize it for key phrases. If you have a piece of writing that you've created or that it's created, and you say, right, I want you to optimize it for this word or this phrase, it will do it. it. Again, it won't be perfect, and I think you have to be very careful that the human meaning of everything still works properly, and that's why I think we've come back to this idea two or three times, but it is a tool. It is not an alternative. Yeah. But in the, in the sort of the seedy world of, of SEO, where people are just looking, looking to generate content that will attract search engines, then this is a tool which potentially, you've just got to hope that the search engine algorithms will quickly get to a point where they can recognize that this stuff is is not particularly good value because i think that's the gen- danger you will generate content which looks good but actually has very little value in the real world and there's enough of that on the internet already without with that but i think this will just generate more of it and i think the other thing is that a, a key to effective marketing and if, i guess effective marketing content is differentiation yeah. that you can differentiate yourself from from the marketplace from your competition and make it clear that why why you stand out and why you are a, a better option for whatever products or services or whatever you're providing. Now, if, if everybody is just using the same generic content, yeah. it's going to become very amorphous. And, mm. and so I think you, there's still got to be the question you've got to ask yourself in creating your marketing content. Am I really differentiating myself? Mm. And I think the, the other area where they say it's going to be abused is in academia, where it then gives people, whether it's school kids or university students, the ability to get this machine to just write their essays for them. And there's no doubt, I think, that it will get used like that. And I just hope that the academics who are marking and teachers who are marking these essays will very quickly get to a point where they can recognise the stuff that is being generated in this way. And, and if they can't, maybe that's a bigger problem. And, and I, but I also think that the, the whole nature of exams and testing and what have you is changing i mean i know that uh, i know people who've been involved in uh, in university finals over lockdown a lot of those exams have been done online Mm. people working from home it's acknowledged that it's open book and so they are 
the way the exams are being structured, the way the questions are being asked is changing. And, and I, I think that's no bad thing. I think the idea that you exams are purely about just spouting knowledge that you have mm. gleaned in a world where knowledge is facts and what have you are very much at your fingertips mm. is it's not right and i think yeah. it's much more interesting to be asking people to demonstrate how effective they are at understanding facts and explaining facts and explaining mm. themselves clearly and setting out arguments mm. and, which is still um, not something that you can just press a button and out it comes yet yeah. Well, but I think things will continue to, yeah, to change. Yeah, they will, they will. And I, and I think as with anything like this, for me, looking at it as someone who does generate content and, and have to write content, I think it is going to be a really useful tool. And I have already used it, there's absolutely no doubt. But I think it is one of those things that, as David says, it is just now one of the additional tools that makes your life easier, but doesn't actually remove the need to be able to know what you're talking about and get that across effectively to the world so yeah i think it's, it's a great tool i would definitely recommend anybody who's interested in this sort of stuff to go and give it a try we'll put a link on the the website but it, it's basically a chat gpt if you just google that it'll come up but it's organized it's i think it's the organization that put it together is a company called or an organization called open ai and that's the other thing, interesting thing is this whole thing is open source so anybody can look at it anybody can use it it's free to use so i would definitely recommend going and having a look at it have a look at the uh, the content we've generated let us know what you think about it on our, our site and other than that i think we shall um, we shall leave it there for now unless you've got anything to add david no i think it's it, it's a very interesting subject i mm. think that things are are changing as they as they always do but ultimately it's quality delivery quality services quality products mm. are still the essence of of everything and i think what it does like so much of computer technology it removes the tedium yeah that yeah. you can you, it's not just about writing words but it's about the creativity of writing good relevant words that make the point that you yeah. want to and, make yeah, in an effective way tell your story and that's exactly that so i think we shall leave it there go and have a look on our uh, our blog on bsamarketing.com you'll find the the post there with the examples of uh, something this is written you'll find us on twitter and linkedin uh, at bsa marketing so until next time we shall say goodbye and happy, happy marketing, marketing. <laughs> bye <laughs>